Grab your glasses, ladies. It's time for a spot of tea. Thank you so much for joining me for this quick break to just recognize, unite, and inspire moms, mommies-to-be, and women alike. Your situation might not be ideal and perfect, but guess what? Whose is? Our house rules here. We keep it real and we keep it moving. So as long as you can do that, you can get down with us at the tea time table. You can't pour out of a cup that's on empty. Oh, we can't have that now, can we? Of course not. That's why you're here. Welcome to the Spot Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Lee, and thank you so much for joining me. I just love you guys so much, honestly, because the feedback that I got from last week's episode, Born This Way, really just touched my heart and made my heart so full. Um, that was a very personal episode, obviously. If you haven't heard it, I talk about um, my son's condition that he was born with. So if you want to listen to that, I highly recommend it. This actually was my most played episode this season, which I was not expecting. So thank you all so much for your kind words and your encouragement. Um, we all really appreciate it. My family appreciates it. Uh I also want to shout out sincerely unbothered underscore 12, my boo, my line sister, Stephanie, for putting me on the tea of the week. So I'm going to put y'all on. Um, This tea is by Yogi. It's called um, the Caramel Apple uh, Slim Life kind. Now, Truth be told, I don't really believe in like diet teas. I don't. So I'm not taking it like, oh, child, I'm going to be so fun. No. But I um just love tea, obviously. And y'all always supposed to be drinking y'all tea. I'm trying to keep up with it. Um, I'm doing well. And that tea, I just drink it plain. I don't put anything in it. But it's really good. So um, I'm giving them a plug for the free ski. Okay. Um, and just so that y'all could check it out, you know, I just basically, I like it for the flavor. Um, and just so I can get my morning started with some tea, it does give you some good energy too. Um, so I really like that one. And with that being said, it's tea time. And so really it's no way that we could get around talking about Corona. Corona Lachey the virus. That was probably one of my favorite memes that I've seen out there. Um, it's just been too many. Like, honestly, Cardi, I've been walking around my house saying, coronavirus, coronavirus, because she just, just, it's just the way she said it, she took me out. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I hope that everyone is staying safe. I hope that everyone is staying as clean as possible. I'm not even going to run through the list of, you know, cleanliness tips. Like I'm some medical professional. Y'all know it. Y'all see it. You're going to do it or you aren't. Um, but I just pray that you do. Um, for all of you all who are quarantined, this is like the perfect time for you to be listening to this episode. Hello. Um, but I also just want to, you know, briefly just say that please don't uh, live in fear because of this this epidemic or this pandemic actually don't you know it's we have to all take precautions we all need to be wise with our decisions um the areas and settings that we put ourselves in especially if we have families young children things of that nature but your needs are going to be provided for don't don't go into the you know like all those little videos that we used to see about the great depression people jumping out a window like ah this is the end 
don't. Um, I know it seems like it's definitely unprecedented, it's uncharted territory, but I just want to encourage you to have peace. Um, and whatever it is that um, can give you a mental break, which we will discuss more in this episode, please take advantage of that as much as you have to to continue to keep yourself at peace. But I said that we were going to talk about Love is Blind. And we's going to talk about Love is Blind. I'm not going to make it long extended because I feel like Corona has kind of taken over Love is Blind. But if you are quarantined right now um, and you're looking for a Netflix suggestion that you haven't already caught up, I'm about to spoil it. So it might be a good time to pause it. But I do recommend it. I gave you all fair warning. So here it is. Here's my thing. Of course, of course, of course. I love, like the rest of the world, Lauren and Cameron. I trying to, I'm trying not to become too obsessed with them as far as like keeping up with every single thing they're doing, but it's so hard because they're so cute. I live in Atlanta. I work in the county that they live in. So it's just like, oh, I just feel so close to them. Mm. Um, But yes, I really do um, love them. They're super cute. Um, And I'm really big on not having spoilers, right? So uh, I hadn't watched it. Shout out to uh, my friend, Yaya is the queen underscore. Uh, she also has a podcast, the Mental Mommy podcast. Check that out. Um, but she's the first person who told me about Love is Blind, maybe like three weeks before I feel like it really got like bonkers. Or maybe it got bonkers just because I finally started paying attention. But she told me about it and I was so busy. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Um, and I was I was good at scrolling past the spoilers and stuff like that. But then literally the day I decided to watch it, somebody posted like that photo shoot that had been going around of Lauren and Cameron. And I was just thinking it was just a cute couple. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And then when I started watching like five minutes later, I was like, I've seen them. So that kind of spoiled it for me because I obviously knew what was going to happen. There's no way they're that's hitting the Internet and they're not together. But, you know, it is what it is. Giannina, I loved her. She was I mean, aside from Lauren, she was my favorite person on the show probably maybe an unpopular opinion but she was and I'm going to tell you why first of all she's very animated borderline extra but because I I can't really do extra but she is very animated and she's very much of she she knows what she wants and she's very uh strong in her opinion she's strong-willed I loved that um and also sis outfits used to be was cute they was cute um so I had a lot of respect for her especially she she she's fairly young um so I definitely liked her uh some things I'm like oh boo like you're being extra but again I didn't think it was extra like in a fake way I thought it was I mean aside from like you know stomp storm out of room I'm gonna talk about those type of things but just her general personality I didn't think it was extra in a fake way I thought it was just like that's just who she is um, but I did love the fact that her and Damien got back together. I thought that was really dope and it would be interesting to see, you know, if they get married eventually, which I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that they will. Uh, and also if, you know, just the next season, just how that's going to be, this is not a type of show that I normally would have pegged myself watching because or when I first turned it on, obviously, because, well, not obviously, but just because it had the reality TV type of feel, and I was like, oh, no, this is not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm glad that I gave it a chance for sure. 
One thing that I did find interesting, though, was the fact that some of the families weren't shown. I'm not sure if that necessarily means that they weren't there, because I know that when you edit things together, you can't put in everything. But, um, you know, just I wonder how those conversations with the family, like, for example, how Damien's family didn't show up or and things like that. I wonder how conversations with those families went, you know, off camera. Um, and like if I was the the significant other, how I would feel that they kind of just were like, uh, I'm not interested in meeting you. And now we're serious, like in real life. So curious to know about that. But whatever. Um, speaking of family, though, I have to share a very real moment with y'all. So I asked on at spot of tea podcast on facebook how y'all feel about family members disciplining your child and i asked for a reason okay so i told y'all that i went home recently to south florida now obviously when you're not at your home you don't have the things that you normally would have for your child you know away so I'm at my dad's and I don't have a plaque and play there for Bradley. I don't have his crib. I don't have anything to contain him in. So I'm basically having a, and he was acting like a true toddler. He wanted to get into every single thing. So I did, I wasn't able to contain him in anything. So I had to basically just watch him the whole time. And so finally my sister came over and I had to use the restroom. So I was like, okay, finally somebody's here. I can watch him let me go use the restroom all right I'm in the restroom okay let me actually rewind before I went to the restroom I told him I said no don't push over the trash can we talked about this that's all I said and he stopped he didn't push it over so I went to the restroom I'm in the restroom and I think I hear the trash can fall or I don't remember what I heard. What I do remember hearing was a pop. And so that was a moment of truth for me. I was like, okay, this this is it. This is the moment of truth. You're going to get some hair on your chest. I was literally looking at myself like the Diddy stare down meme. Like, okay, what you going to do? You going to go out there and you going to cuss out for hitting your kid? What you going to do? What are you going to do? So I had to have a real conversation with myself in the bathroom. How am I going to handle this? Should, am I addressing this? Is this, a, is this a problem? Because I never told her she had permission to pop him. You don't know how many times I may or may not have told him not to push it over. But regardless, he's one and he's unfamiliar with this place that he's in. So... He has some sense, but not good a sense enough like that. But in the same vein, it's like, should I have to say to somebody that's a relative that close? Yes, you have permission to discipline my child. So I was really stuck. But ultimately, I decided that I was not going to say anything because that's my sister. If it was just somebody who like a friend who I just said, OK, keep your eyes on him for real quick for a second then that would be different. And second, I didn't want him playing with that. I had told him a number of times not to do it. And he needs to learn 
that he can't just play people just because he hasn't recognized them or whatever the case may be. So I ultimately let it go. But I just wonder, has anybody ever experienced that where they're like, okay, this just happened. What, how am I going to respond? So please, if you have had any similar experiences or if you just have a certain take on if, you know, family members should or shouldn't be able to discipline your child, please comment on at Spot of Tea Podcast on Facebook. I would love to hear what you have to say. All right. So like I said before, I know that things like coronavirus can give a lot of people anxiety. Um, it can bring about a lot of fear and it can really uh, there are a lot of jokes and memes going around the Internet, but it can truly affect people's mental health. And so for today's poor, I just want to talk about something else that really can affect your mental health. And that's postpartum depression. I feel like as new moms, as expected moms, you never really know if this will affect you um, until it happens. But I think that there is so much to learn about it, so much that we may be misinformed about. So to help me have this conversation, I'm welcoming therapist Dr. Eva Bryant. Welcome her to the podcast. Hi. Hey, so I'm so glad that you're able to join us because you have the direct insight. So I'm trying to kind of help me explain and navigate through this. Let's just start with the very basics. So kind of give me an idea when we're talking about postpartum depression. Very basic, like I said, just tell me what that actually um, entails. What can I guess maybe not just necessarily symptoms, but when someone says that they've suffered from it, when someone says they may feel like they're going through it, when someone just wants to know more about what it looks like, what can you say to that? Okay, first, it's very important to not diagnose yourself. Do not diagnose yourself. It's almost like a little web EMV thing. The moment you start looking so, oh no, and you start you know, making yourself nervous again, you have something that you probably don't. There is the first phases of postpartum depression, which is called baby blues. The difference between baby blues and postpartum depression is baby blues only last about two weeks. You'll start to feel the same symptoms. You'll start feeling um, sad. You'll start feeling like you're not worthy, that you're not doing everything right. You'll start feeling overwhelmed. You'll start, feel, you'll start having feelings of guilt. And you'll honestly start having like, some feelings of regret, you know, of getting hurt. But if it doesn't last more than two weeks, it's, it's baby blues. It's not postpartum. Now, if you have those type of feelings and, and, and they begin to, like, um, affect your day-to-day life, then it becomes postpartum depression. After, I believe, six weeks, it becomes postpartum depression. But I always say, those are the symptoms, but always be checked out by, by a psychiatrist, psychologist, or a mental health therapist. You always want to make sure you go to an expert and make sure you're properly, properly diagnosed. Mm, because sometimes it can be something else going on in your life that's causing these symptoms. If you have, if you've been previously um depressed, that can play a factor into, you know, your postpartum depression. Honestly, people who um, suffer from depression honestly are more likely either depression or trauma are more likely to suffer from postpartum depression. I know mm-hmm. that I know we all have webbed MD ourselves for something. Okay. Ooh, yeah, I must I must have laryngitis because or something. Yeah. Um and so mm-hmm. because Google is so accessible. Um, but that is very real. And I think that also I don't know how many other people listening have experienced this. I know I experienced a mild case of baby blues after having my son, but I don't know who else may have experienced this, but I felt that there were people who were trying to diagnose it on me. 
you know, because mm-hmm. maybe I was having a tough time adjusting to a certain thing, or maybe I was just changing as a person because becoming a mom just does change you as a person too. Um, in certain ways, you know, people were kind of possibly not, you know, with bad intentions, but kind of trying to put that on me. Like, are you, you know, suffering from postpartum? I think you should get checked out. And it made me uncomfortable because I, I didn't, I really didn't, I didn't feel that way. And I didn't feel comfortable with just diagnosing myself or letting them do that. And they weren't, you know, a professional. Here's the thing about postpartum depression. Sometimes, even though, just because you have those symptoms don't necessarily mean it's postpartum depression. Because it has to basically interrupt your lifestyle to become postpartum depression. You have to not be able to take care of your child, not be able to get out of bed. You're not eating. These are different symptoms of postpartum depression. We have to understand as women, Birthing a child is not easy. That is a, that is that is one heck of a power. I like to call it a power, and it's a beautiful thing, you know. So we're we're giving life. That is not an easy task at all. So it takes a toll on our bodies, and it takes a toll on our mind and our you know our mental health. And we're going through emotions, especially because in today's society we want to be looked at as good mom. You don't want to be the mom that says. Oh, I feel like this baby is draining me. Oh, I feel like, you know, I don't have a life anymore. Oh, I didn't think this was what it would be like. These are all normal feelings, but a lot of us are afraid to say it because that's not what society wants. Society doesn't look at you as a bad mom. And therefore, we're causing stress upon ourselves, which causes all of the other symptoms sometimes, too. A lot of us don't feel like we have people that we can talk to. Honestly, a good support system can cure postpartum. That is one of the um, actual remedies for postpartum. Wow. You need a good support system. Sometimes, if it's really extreme, you probably need medicine. You need um, an outlet. You need a break. You need self-care. You need to be able to do these things in order to combat postpartum if you are experiencing postpartum or if you're totally stress. I, myself, to be um, transparent, I just had a baby myself. My baby's three months old. I went through cabin fever. And what's crazy is I started feeling bad for not wanting to be home. I am a busybody. I'm always on the go. That's just how I work. I have two older kids. I don't remember feeling so stuck. With my newborn, I felt stuck. And I felt bad because I'm like, you wanted this baby so bad. You love this baby. Why do you feel this way? And then the therapeutic me kicked in and said, don't, don't, don't. You're self-sabotage. Don't even do it. Let it go. You are, you feeling that way is completely normal. Get out the house. Enjoy yourself. There is nothing wrong with that. Your baby is not going to grow up and be 30 years old. Talking about mommy, I remember that time when I was three months old, you decided <laughs> to go out with your friends. It's really us just honestly trying to be perfect parents, and there's no such thing. Yeah, the phenomenon or the, the idea of mom guilt, I don't know how why it hits us all so strong, um, and we all have our different reasons, but it's so real because the same way you said, you know, you're like, you want this baby stuff like that. I went through when I was going through my baby blues period, something that was getting me was, uh, and my listeners know that I went through a period where when I first found out I was pregnant, I didn't, I was not happy about it. And I went through the, the, the decision or the, 
um, process of thinking about terminating my pregnancy, but I obviously chose not to. But because of that, when he came and I loved him so much, then I felt guilty for even thinking about it. And I set myself into another spiral. Right. I don't deserve to be his mom. He's so precious. And I didn't even want to be his mom at first and all these things. So there are so many different things that are going on within you while your hormones, I'm sure, are, you know, getting back to where they're supposed to be, which I know that kind of goes into this whole um, idea of what can get people when they either, you know, are experiencing baby blues or postpartum, I'm sure. Right. Very true. So here's something that I want to know from an expert's perspective. What is the data like? Is there any truth to the fact that there's a disparity maybe in the treatment or maybe in the education or where is the lack, if there is one, about postpartum as it concerns women of color? Both. Okay. Both. There's a there's a disparity in the treatment and there's a disparity in the like understanding of postpartum with black women because first of all, mental health itself is not recognized in the black community. We're still trying to get to a place where um therapy and mental health is normalized. It's not there yet, and unfortunately, because it's not there yet, you're looked at as being selfish or crazy or a bad parent. When you when you speak about your postpartum, they feel like you're just being lazy. You don't care. Oh, you worried about the wrong things. You need to suck it up. I myself, as a mother, um, I'm married. Uh, um, this is an experience I shared. I mean, I, I thought I mean, I experienced, and it just it it bewildered me. So basically, I was going through a phase where I was just so tired from work. I worked an hour away. So every time I came home, my husband would have already taken care of everything. The kids are fed, their homework are done, homework is done and everything. And basically when I get home, it's just, you know, bedtime, talk to them for a little bit, and then I spend the rest of the night with my husband. So apparently a family friend did not like this, and she said something about me being a millennial mother and how dare I have my husband doing all of this work. <laughs> right. And I was like, I don't see what's the problem. My husband is here to help me because he knows I'm tired. I just worked a full day. I'm a therapist all day. So that is being a therapist, I kid you not, is very exhausting. Mm, oh, I can totally imagine. We probably feel dreaming exactly. our little mini unofficial therapist sessions we have with our friends. So my God. Exactly. Right. So um I explained to her that when I'm tired. I, I, I have the right to be tired. I have the right to a break. Oh, you're a, this is exactly what she said, and it, it would never leave me. You're a mother. You're not allowed to be tired. LOL. And I was like, where do you get that crap from? I said it just like, because I'm just like, <laughs> that is the most BS I've ever heard. And that is why so many women are suffering from postpartum depression, and why so many women feel so alone, especially black women. They feel alone. And then you'll see so many times where they're talking about, oh, I'm doing this on my own. I don't need anybody. And that's, that's, that comes from anger. That don't come from love. Mm-hmm. That comes from anger. That comes from not having a great support system. I thank God I do have a great support system. I have my husband. I have my sisters. I have my mother. I have a lot of people that are very supportive behind me. And they, they see me through having kids, like, you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. When my sisters have kids or anybody else in my family, we support each other. We understand what a break is. These these babies do not let up. They don't look at you like, well, mommy's had a long day. I'll chill. No. <laughs> you know? So it's very important to have that. And it's unfortunate that our older generation makes us feel guilty for that because back then, all they had to do was take care of the home. Mm-hmm. But now you have a lot of working women or a lot of single moms who have to do it all. Yep. 
And that's honestly like unrealistic to assume that they can do it all and not need a break. So that wouldn't mean, even at work you get a day off. It, like come on, hello, at least one. But um, simple things you can do to take a break. Honestly, staying up. Like after the kids, office because a lot of times we end up passed out right right behind mm-hmm. them. But try to stay up and just take a minute for yourself. Whether it's a glass of wine, a glass of wine. I, I, <laughs> not for going getting drunk, but a glass of wine. Um, watching your favorite TV show, talking to a favorite girlfriend or whatever. Exercising, exercising, as simple as it may seem, is very important, especially when it comes to children. Mm-hmm. You want you want to be able to have energy. And I know exercise sounds like it takes away energy, but it doesn't. It gives you more energy. It, it helps you work out muscles that you don't normally work out. And it, it builds your metabolism to deal throughout the, I mean, to deal with the um, day-to-day stressors. And it actually helps you, you know, be more energized throughout the day and you don't feel as tired and dragged out. You know, you can um, journal. Journal always helps. And I always tell people, do not only journal when you're going through something. Go Journal when you're doing well also. Because when you're going through something, you can go back and look at the times you were doing good. And then when you're doing good, you can go back and look at the times you weren't doing good and remind yourself how blessed you are or how, how much better you are off now than you were before. You know, journaling is just extremely, like, you know, for some, everyone doesn't like your journal, but it's extremely important. Um, another thing um, for working moms who have kids at home, that time in the car, that time is yours. If you want to have a whole karaoke session you know, on the way home, do it. If you want to sit in the car for about 10, 15, 20 minutes before you walk in, do it. It's things like that that are so simple, but they work. A lot of people think self-care is going to get a massage, going to get you nail care done. But that all, that's all great, and it's still good. But I have some cheaper things you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just mentioned. You know? Mm-hmm. Another thing for those who are religious, pray. Prayer definitely helps. Those, you know, yeah, I don't like to push religion on nobody today. Well, if we stand for prayer here free. on this podcast. It ain't no Okay, secret. good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry who's offended, but you know what you signed up for. Right. Press play. Prayer helps as well. Prayer helps as well. But yeah, those are a few things. Oh, um, a bath, a shower or a bath. And I'm not talking about one to just get your body clean. I mean, the, the soul cleansing shower. When we just sit there and really reflect on your life, that one helps as well. Mm. Now that's big because so many times I'm in the shower and I'm thinking about my next move. I'm really just doing this because it's a part mm-hmm. of my day, but I'm thinking about, okay, when I get out, I'm going to fix Bradley something to eat. I'm going to get on this computer. I'm going to type this email. Like I'm all, I'm planning. It's a meeting for me, really. I'm just doing it. I'm mm-hmm. having a meeting while I'm doing something. I don't take the time to just say, okay, but how was your day? How are you feeling? Let you know. And a lot of times God will interrupt me and be like, listen, listen, listen. I know you think you got all these things on your meeting agenda. But let's talk. Another one was coloring. I forget that one every time because it's so quote-unquote childish. But coloring is so therapeutic. You feel so relaxed. And you really don't think about anything when you color. A lot, there's a lot of adult coloring books out there now that really help. Coloring is the, one of the most relaxing things you can probably do. So if you enjoy coloring, staying in the line or getting out the line, whatever, whichever one you prefer, that one is very good, too. Now, I've never... Even considered yes. of all the little tips I thought of in my head, you know, line, anything like that. That's big. That's a gem. 
because mm-hmm. people don't think of that. But I'm going back and just, you know, I do work around kids sometimes and how, you know, just innocent kids are and how the little things, even just watching my son, the little things he loved to play with. I'm like, really, that's entertaining to you. So I'm going back and thinking right. about like coloring. You really are just like, OK, I'll use this. I'll use that. You're not worried about the pressures of life or anything like that. You're just kind of in right. a more relaxed state. I love that. It's it's just important to give our, our minds a break throughout yes. the day. That's give your mind so a break. Good. I know it's coming from someone whose mind is always going. That break is always amazing, and you feel refreshed when you go back to your daily life. I like to tell people, I will never tell someone to just put their problems aside and never deal with it. But it is important to take a break from the problem. Because at the end of the day, not even your problem, your responsibilities. They're still going to be there. They'll be there. So it's okay to put it down for a second to get your to gather your thoughts to get yourself together. You know, you can't pour from an empty glass, and that's very important for us to remember as mothers. We try to. That's another reason why it's important to not, um, you know, think that you don't deserve a break because you, if you keep going and going and going, just like a battery, you're gonna run out of fuel, mm. and you're gonna need to be recharged. You cannot pour pour out of an empty glass. You have to refill yourself, and you. As a parent that wants to do good, you should not want to give yourself half of you. If you're not fully charged, you're not giving yourself your, 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 all of you. You're not. You're giving them what's left. That's so good, and it's really big, and that's why we have the poor in this part of the podcast because we have to fill ourselves back up. That's the whole point of Spotted Tea. It's supposed to be a break for working moms, new moms, just to be able to say, hey, if this is what I'm going to listen to, for somebody to be able to me to have 30 minutes to relate to someone, to know that I'm not alone, to be filled up, given right. a gym to just like think on throughout my week, that helps me. So that's the whole point of this. Um, I do want to just wrap it up here, but I would like to ask you, is there, if, if someone is listening and maybe they're experiencing postpartum right now, or maybe they just got out of it, or maybe they're uh, soon to be um, their expected mom, uh, or anything of the sort, any kind of words of encouragement that you might be able to give someone who is seeing this in real life? Well, um, firstly, you're not alone. And if you need help, speak up. There are several, a lot of people don't like think that therapy is only for the rich, apparently. No, it's not. If you have insurance, most insurances cover therapy. Most of them. Like, I'll say 90, 95% of insurance companies cover therapy. You don't know where to go, call your insurance company and ask them for mental health providers in your area. If that doesn't work, there's um, two websites that I always um, suggest, therapyforblackgirls.com or um, psychologytoday.com. You can go on either one of those and search for therapists in your area. If you have a therapist and you don't feel like they're working, get you another one. To me, it's just like a gynecologist. If you feel like that gynecologist is not doing their job, you will. You might be going to stop being a doctor. You're going to get a new one. So it's very important to link yourself with a therapist if you need one that helps you. You know. Also, don't forget self care. Take care of yourself. You are just as important. Just like when you get on a plane, they don't tell you put your baby mask on first. They tell you put your mask on first. That's a gem. Drop the mic right there. That's so good. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much for coming and just dropping knowledge on us and joining us on Spot of Tea Podcast. No problem. I love that conversation because it goes way further than postpartum depression. It's a universal 
thing that we as women need to get through our heads and that I want you all to sip on this week. The fact that you need to take a break. It's okay to take a break. You need to take care of yourself. We say over and over every week at the beginning of this podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. And I truly, truly believe that, especially with everything that's going on right now in this world at the current moment, take some time to just do something small for yourself. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be drawn out, but it does have to happen. I want to encourage you guys to just share this episode with anyone who you know might need to hear it. We oftentimes just need that wake up call, that reality check to check in with ourselves. Please, guys, if you would be so kind to just subscribe, leave reviews on Facebook about the podcast or just DM me your feedback. It truly helps me to figure out what you guys like and what to bring to the table. And so until next time, I'll save a seat for you here at the Tea Time Table on the Spot of Tea Podcast.